we got a couple things we got to talk about today. Uh, the reason I think about today's podcast is we want to address uh, why food is an issue um, and where it comes from, why problems start in the gut. Um, majority of the gut, um, I believe, is how um, all these problems start. What you ingest into your stomach is how these problems start, and that's why um, a lot of people have now started to get sick. Why did this all make sense to me? Yeah. Well, this made sense to me because um, essentially what happened was is that when, when I was going to Westmount, um, I didn't like to eat. I didn't like to eat, you know, sandwiches and house food and crap like that. I like to go and eat all the junk food you could get. So because my I couldn't eat, my parents just kind of gave me what I wanted because that's what I wanted. So as a kid, when you get Doritos and a Blue Gatorade for your lunch every day, that's like the best lunch in the world. And you love it to death. But the problem was is that that's not the healthiest lunch. You can't live off of Doritos and Blue Gatorade for the rest of your life. So when I got into high school, I, I went to Crestwood and I got in and I was playing football for about two years. And once I got in and I played football for about two years, um, in grade 11, I fa- my body started feeling kind of funny. So I remember I was racing my buddy Carson on the football field, and uh, he, he beat me in the race. And in my grade 9 year in track and field, I was running, and I was beating reasonable amount of people, but it wasn't like I was fast. Um, it's not like I placed very well. But I still could run. So it was odd why I slowed down in grade 11. And I didn't, nothing really made sense until um, I came back to Peterborough. Uh, and I realized that majority of the issues that I had were because of uh, my diet. Uh, majority of the issues that I had were that uh, after grade 11, um, I, was, I went to college in grade, after grade 12, I went to college and um, went to Sioux College to become a pilot. And I went into Sioux College as a pilot and it was funny because on the side, um, I lived with a bunch of uh, about eight dudes in, an, uh, in a shared kind of apartment. And um, we shared in the common area, there was like a kitchen that we could all use. So instead, on Monday, we all decided that we'd cook and sell a meal as a team um, every Monday to pay for booze for the rest of the week. It was successful. Everybody would come because over time, you'd eat the calf food and it'd be the same shit you'd eat every day. And you wouldn't want to eat that crap. So we would cook. We'd go to the market or we'd go to Walmart in Sault Ste. Marie, which was, I don't know, two, three blocks away, and we'd walk it midwinter, 24 feet of snow, and um, we'd bring back, like, fresh ingredients to cook in-house for all the residents there. And so it caught on, and we did it about three or four times, and then um, I went, I was not feeling too good, so I went into the hospital um, to get checked out because I felt like I was I had cold sweats and chills and I felt like um, 
I had had like some sort of pneumonia. And so I'm thinking I'm in the ER thinking that I got this pneumonia for, and I'm sitting there for like nine hours and they're running all these kinds of tests on me. First time I ever got a CT in my life. And they, and I remember I did like I think a lung test and the lady told me, she's like, do you have asthma? And I go, no. And the, and when you do a lung test, you have to blow into this machine for a certain amount of time, which is usually like 30 seconds. And it has to be a constant stream. And the lady kept trying to make me do it because I couldn't blow into it long enough. So none of these signs caught on. I went to eight hours up north in a small town with a population of like 70,000 people. And the ER doctor there said, hey, you got Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I go, okay, can you give me some pills um, so I can go back? Because I'm thinking it's just some virus or some viral infection. And he's like, oh... No, it's not a virus or a viral infection, sir. It's it's cancer. And so you're like 18 years old sitting by yourself eight hours north and you don't know what the hell to do. And so I phoned my dad at 1130 at night and I said, hey, dad, uh, this is what the doctor said. This is what we got to do. You need to run up here and, um, you know, help me out here. So he left um, to drive up to uh, get me, I think, at 3 in the morning because he had called my uncle in Milton to drive to Peterborough so that he had company. And the both of them then drove 10 hours north in a blizzard uh, mid-February to get to me so that we could make the follow-up appointment the following day. Otherwise, I would have had to reschedule for three days with the next oncologist. And it's just, it's a unique experience because I think it makes you grow up faster. You realize more and you give a little bit more back to humanity in a sense because you understand the difficulty of life. Um, The best way to put it. Um, But essentially, I did eight months of treatment, uh, came out on remission, and then I looked back for a year to figure out how, right? And how it is all possible. Don't get me wrong, the ones that know me uh, would know that I had bad habits. Uh, I smoked in high school, uh, drank. Um, I still drink, why not? It's Booze is booze, man. I, you, gotta, you gotta have one bad habit, right? Um, but yeah, no, I lived a good life. And I went through my penance, I'd say. I served my time. Came out of it positive. Stayed positive through it. Worked my butt off to get to this point. And tried to inspire others so that you all follow the same regime. You understand that problems do arise from your gut. It's all from the diet of eating Doritos and blue Gatorades to eating outside McDonald's to going to Starbucks and getting a a Frappuccino over a black coffee, you know. You don't need 11 pumps of vanilla in your frickin' iced coffee there, lady, but I mean, I get it. It tastes kind of sweet. It's nice to have once in a while, but it'll it'll kill you in the long run. It's the whites that kill you. It's the it's the salt, it's the sugar, it's the flour. It's 
it's things that we're supposed to have in moderation, but don't. Uh, I feel like when I came out of remission, um, there was a few things that I had to, I had to change. And the truth is, is that my dad read a book called How Not to Die, um, called by an, by a guy named Michael Greger. Okay, he's a doctor out of the U.S. Um, and his whole concept is uh, plant-based diet. Now, now I get it. I, it's, it's next to impossible for Canadians to live off of a fully plant-based diet. That's, I can't. I, I own a burger shop, for Christ's sake. I need a burger every week. But to be honest with you, there is, there's, there's a point in your life, I think, where you understand that there's restrictions at this point. And I think everybody's going to face that in their life because you can eat burgers every day of every week in your 20s. But when you hit 30, you feel like crap when you have one or two, right? So it's different. I think everybody shifts their focus in life. And I realized that um, when I came out of my situation... I did focus more on trying to eat healthier. Why did I try to eat healthier? Because my dad told me that this book was kind of the key to eating healthier. Well, that's very biased. I read the book. The book's great. It gives you so much information. Some information where there's a a study in China called the China Study. Um, The China Study is a unique study because it talks about um, the metastasis, or how do we say it? How do we say it? Metastasis. Uh, the metastasizing in your body, and they have, they were able to pretty much pinpoint it via each region and village in China. So all the rural village, thousands of rural villages got together, and um, the government said that we're gonna pretty much trace what you, take what you eat. And take what you eat and um, essentially see how that affects your health. See what happens in your health. And it came down to the point where they can determine what cancers come from what regions in the country just through the diets that they eat. If you eat certain things, it can trigger more metastasis in your body that causes cancer cells to grow. And so and so the, the study is actually out there and it's good to look into because it, it can tell you to the exact point what exactly causes these issues and how, how it caused these issues. Um, that's kind of the reason why I think it happens is this study is kind of gives me the basis of what the issues are for example um, broccoli for example okay broccoli it's it's a unique thing because it's 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 a beautiful plant okay everybody hates it but it's freaking beautiful um, it tastes to kids like crap I like broccoli growing up I like dipping it in ranch sauce um, broccoli is so unique because it helps the it it decreases the mutations that are caused 
by metastasis, which is the spreading of cancer cells. It decreases it. Um, how? Well, broccoli is something that carries nutrients, and those nutrients decrease the mutant mutations in cancer. Now, how did they find that out? Well, they found that out because there was lung cancer people who, ah, there were people who smoke, and the people who smoke have lung cancer, okay? And they took the patients who had lung cancer, and they fed them broccoli, and they watched how the, the mutations were decreased just through eating broccoli. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a doctor. This is not the stuff that I'm supposed to educate you on, okay? You can educate yourself. Go out there, buy the book. I'm not promoting it. I don't give a shit about it, but it's a good book, okay? Educate yourself on what good food should be and eat healthy because that's what we need people to do now to reduce the case rate in Canada. The case rate currently in Canada is one in two people. That's not a fun case rate. Not right now. So let's have a conversation about uh, all the food that's out there in the world. And I want to bring people in from the community. And I want to I have the community talk about good food and their experiences through food, their travel, their their life in the food industry. I'm gonna have, I wanna have people with influence in here who like to talk and discuss about interesting meals they may have had in their, in their life. Um, chefs that have worked in the industry for years and, and, and never ever shared a light on, on crazy stories. This, this industry is one of the most underappreciated industries in the world. And the fact that I'm here trying to shed a light on it um, so that you guys know a little bit more about us and what we do is um, is going to be so beneficial to everybody out here and that's why I do what I do and that's why I want you to do what you do this is the doof podcast and let's get at her pitter patter let's get at her <laughs>